This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like, and this is the show where we dive into the male mind and we give you the male perspective on all things life. And we have a very special co-host. We do not have our good buddy Gavin DeGraw with us today, but we have a much more handsome, much more rugged. <laughs> hey, we have another fantastic musician to sit in Gavin's chair and carry the load for Gav while he's not here. We have the country music star, Mr. Tyler Rich, with us today. <laughs> Tyler, my brother, welcome to the show. <laughs> What's up, man? Happy to be here. Dude, I love, one, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. And two, I love having artists. I love, like, doing this show with Gav. Artists in my, I have a lot of artist friends, and you guys seem to have just a real depth and interesting perspective on so many things in life, and you just come at things from a different angle. Um, so I always appreciate when artists come on the show, and I just sit back and I listen. And we have producer Danielle and producer Tori with us as well. And sometimes artists will say stuff, and we're just like, damn, no wonder they can write songs. And like, just <laughs> so... Well, I've got, I've got big shoes to fill because Gavin's one of the best. Do you know Gav? <laughs> I've only met Gavin a couple times in passing. Um, he lives in Nashville, I believe, most of the time or all the time. Um, so, you know, we've got some mutual friends and stuff. Um, I'm a, I know Brett Young fairly well. We've toured together and stuff, and him and Brett are super tight. Yeah. Um, but Gavin, man, one of, one of my big influences growing up. And so that's really cool to Fill a spot for a day, man. Yeah, buddy, you got you get you get a co you would like in a couple days in the mail you'll get a co-host uh, a co-host like sheriff's badge. You can wear that around town if you want. <laughs> um, Perfect. Brett Young was on the on the show. I know Brett well as well, and I know you toured with Brett. I think 2018, right? You toured with Brett, was it? Yeah, we did the CMT on tour, is what it's called, uh, and that was yeah the end of God, man. Time's flying. It was the end of 2018. Right? It feels like it was yesterday. It's crazy. Yeah. So I want to talk to you. First, I want to get into what you're doing, Tyler, because you're doing something super cool. Um, and it seems to me that you have taken this quarantine time, this unique and crazy chaotic time, and spun it into an amazing opportunity. Um, because as an artist, you're not touring, you're not performing concerts in venues. And so then it seems like you've said, okay, I still love music. I have a passion for music. I need to get it to people, people now more than ever. I know I'm consuming more music than ever before um, during this time. And so you've done something really unique where you go Instagram live. What is it every, uh, you do Sunday, but you also do it. Is it Wednesdays? What's the other one you do? Uh, it kind of depends on my schedule, but anywhere towards like the mid, mid to the end of the week uh, of the work week, um, Thursdays, Fridays, it kind of depends. And you put on a live concert from your home? Yeah, man, this couch right here. Right from Live that. from home. <laughs> this, is, this is so cool, live at home. So you put on a live concert for fans, for people to tune in for free and watch um, and have been creative with this. Has this been, I just want to ask you, like, how, what has been your mentality and how have you turned this quarantine time into an opportunity to be more creative? Is it? Are you finding yourself more creative? Are you finding more time to write? Like, how how does this work for you as an artist? Yeah, I mean, we've got we for sure have more time to write. You know, <laughs> we've got all the time in the world. Um, 
it was it was kind of crazy when it first went down because I was on tour with uh, this band called Lanco uh, Country Band, and it got canceled. And then all of a sudden, within one day, we were just everybody was home with no end in sight. And then I had a headlining. It was going to be my first ever headlining tour. I was so pumped. Um, we were kicking off at the Troubadour, which uh, I live between Nashville and LA, and so. Yeah. Our place in LA is I could walk to the Troubadour, you know, and it's uh, the coolest part though. Still, I'll, I'll throw this in really quick: is that on the Troubadour window still it says Tyler Rich sold out because it was a week before the show. So I've claimed my stake at the Troubadour, uh, but you know, it was all of a sudden we're all stuck at home and we've got to figure out how do we maximize a brand new business model we know nothing about, and yeah. so. And that is the internet, right? We've all, we've all toyed with it. We've all had Instagram live for so long. We've had all these things for so long, but we've never fully, at least my perspective of a lot of artists I know, we would jump on Instagram live for just a few minutes and be like, Hey, what's up? I'm on a roller coaster. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Now it's like, Hey, I've got this thing at my fingertips where I could have created these relationships just for months and months and months and years with these fans that I've never fully connected with yet. Yeah. And so Immediately, I was like, man, I see some people that are some fellow artists that are just jumping on and playing songs. I was like, I want to create a structure. I want to create a virtual tour. Yeah. So um, every Tuesday, I did this thing called um, Sing Behind the Scene. Tyler and Friends Sing Behind the Scene. So what that was is I would invite these songwriters that I've worked with before, people I've written songs with before, just the best of the best in Nashville. And they'd come on and they'd tell a story and play one of their hits. And then I would play a song that we've written together. Um, and then I would take a stab at covering one of their songs. And then they would uh, afterwards do the same thing, play another song, tell a story, et cetera. Um, Fridays, Thursdays and Fridays, I do my feel like, feels like home couch series. Yeah. Um, and then that one is, you know, at, at first it gets a little weird, man, because you're just playing music and you're used to interaction, you know, you're used to hearing people. And now the claps are, just hoping they say, man, I loved that song, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, you're just watching it kind of go down. Uh, and then Sundays is, is my favorite. We do this. My wife is, she's wild. She's crazy. She's fun. She's the life of any party she's at always. Um, and we, I wrote a song called Leave Her Wild. It's about Sabina's wonderful. Thanks, man. <laughs> wonderful, crazy personality. And yeah, my goal of, I met her that way and it was my goal to leave her that way. And so I wrote that song about it and it's kind of been this beacon we've realized for just, you know, so many women and, and little girls, man, at concerts will jump on their dad's shoulders, you know, and they're like, this is my anthem with my dad, leave me yeah. wild. And, and uh, it's been really cool. So we're like, well, Sundays, if Sabina can't go out on a rooftop and day drink and do normal brunch, you know, and I can't go do that with her, why don't we take brunch to home? And so we created a show called Leave Her Wild Sunday Brunch. <laughs> and ah. we just... <laughs> We sit right here in this exact spot and we get super drunk um, and we, <laughs> we have guests, you know, surprise, surprise guests pop on um, and catch us up with what they're doing. And then we do a little bit of drinking trivia where we challenge them to this car, trivia card game and losers have to take shots back and forth. Um, well, and we close the show almost like a talk show, man. We close the show with a, a musical guest every week and uh, somebody comes on and plays their new single and then it's over. Um, it's kind of created this whole, it really sucks not being able to get out there, man, in front of people, but it has creates, created such an incredible and unique bond with my fans that I, I've never even remotely had before. I mean, you can get meet and greets, you can run into a fan at a bar, and exchange, you know, a little dialogue and whatnot, but um, 
there's been such because it's the same people every week you know same people tune in and they hang out and yeah. uh it's it's been cool man it's been uh extremely inspiring and from the fan perspective they probably feel more than ever like they know you like they're friends with you even though they've never physically met you or something or maybe they haven't yet been to one of your concerts maybe they were going to come to the headlining tour but um even digitally i'm finding it more myself as well people people find ways it's kind of the new it's kind of the new normal people are finding ways to connect digitally mm -hmm. and friendships are forming that way and connections are forming that way I, I think it's super cool that you involve your wife in your music i think that's just like what a tribute to her and i think the difference was a was the difference inspired by your wife as well yeah uh so the difference is actually one of the few uh one of the only songs i've put out i didn't write um and so but 100% when I was in that song meeting and that song got pitched to me yeah. and I heard the lyrics of it, it's funny because Sabina would always text me, especially like that first year, if I would quickly be like, hey, yeah, I'm going to the store, I love you. She'd always say, I love you. There's a difference. Yeah. And she feeding me this song I didn't even know needed to exist for like a year's time. And then we had a bunch of music ready and I had got my record deal and we were getting ready to put out the first single and it's, that first single has to make a splash. You know what I mean? And like, what's it going to be? And so we did these songwriting meetings and it was four hours into a pitch meeting and the difference started playing. And as soon as I heard that hook in that chorus, there's a difference between love you and I love you. And yeah. I want to be the difference. I was like, yeah. so I text, I text her. I was like, yo, uh, babe, I'm sorry. You've been feeding me this song for a year and I didn't take the bait, <laughs> but I think I found the hit song uh, and I'm going to record it and you're going to love it. Ah, that's awesome. Just that encoded energy, man. That's so awesome. I love it. I love that you bring your, I love that you bring your heart into your passion. And I've always wondered that, like, I, I have such a, that's why I love doing the show with Gavin. I have such a respect and appreciation for artists. One, the ability to sing, the ability to create music, the ability to, to express themselves through music. So much of myself, I find comfort and like, uh, a companionship in music, you know, mm -hmm. but I've never been able to create it. I've never dove yeah. into really creating. I play different instruments and stuff, but I've never tried to like express my heart through music. And you guys, uh, men and women that are artists, I just have such an appreciation for what you do. Somehow when you write songs, they speak to me in my life. And I'm like, how it's, it's almost like I, I was like, Oh my God, I couldn't have wrote this any better. You know, and it was, it's something that you're going through. So from a fan perspective, like, just want you to know that what you guys do is so important. You know, it's so vital Thanks, and important. Man. And especially now when the world is running high on emotions and not all yeah. positive ones to have that kind of an outlet. Um, I just commend you for one, bringing your music to people. Cause you could have very easily, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to make yourself available or perform songs for people. You do it cause you love it. And it helps people. So I just want to commend you, man. I think it's really noble what you're doing. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, obviously all, all artists, all musicians are music fans. You know, that's where it starts. And, uh, yeah. you know, as an artist, I, I feed off that exact same energy from people. And, uh, you know, songs that inspire me, I feel the exact same way. How the hell did this person get that on paper right. to make me feel this way? And why can't I write songs like that? Yeah. And so it's this constant, uh, constant ebb and flow for sure. Well, um, my schedule's pretty open, so like Gavin was going to feature me on his new record, you know. So if you need a couple years, I could probably do that. You know, I've been Let's working. Let's do it, man. 
<laughs> I know nothing about ice skating. We, we can, uh, we can, we can switch. <laughs> Well, dude, I love what you're doing. We'll get back. We'll get more into that at the end of the show. But um, I want to I want to ask you some questions. We have some listener questions, and we want you know you're a married man. You're a very successful person. Um, I also love that you are a dreamer and an achiever of dreams. You didn't just end up as a country music star. You, like you said, you were a fan of music. You created a life in music, um, and are literally living your dream. So. Um, a great role model for our community. So our community has some questions. Uh, producer Tori is going to read them and then you and I are just going to rip through them uh, and see oh. if we can serve our community the best from the male perspective because the show is called How Men Think. So producer Tori, right. <laughs> fire away with question number one, please and thank you. All right, question number one, moving in together. When is it a good time? Is it a quicker process when you're older? Ooh. <sighs> How's this work? Do you go first? Uh, well, <laughs> I, mean, no. you, I wife, would, you and your wife, how long was it when you guys moved in? How long do you know each other? Uh, it's hard because we are still back and forth. Uh, she is an actress and so I'm an actress. So we go back and forth still in the same two places we lived when we met. Um, cool. That being said, had we been in the same city, I feel like we would have steadily been staying together probably within like five weeks. Wow. I think when you're older, it's easier. Yeah. I think, oh, no, I guess the full move is harder. When you're younger, I'm going to say younger, it's easier. You got less stuff. <laughs> the stuff I, I think the opposite. I think the older it's easier because you're like, I think you just have a better grasp on where you are and where the relationship might be. When you're young, it's like you want your space and you just want to like, I'm like, what? Why did it stay out of my space? What did you stay there or stay here? But as you're older, yeah. I think just the composure within a relationship changes. And so all the all the interactions like a moving in change. And I also think you get to the point when you're a little bit older of like, is this real? Or mm -hmm. am I just, is this just kind of a facetious relationship? So when you're yeah. young, I think you can be in a relationship longer without really knowing what it is. When you're older, I think you get down to the nitty gritty, like, yes, I'm invested in this person, they're invested in me. And so maybe you move in quicker. Um, that'd be my answer. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. The next uh, one is from Shannon. What do men think about dating women with a child? What are the drawbacks? Um, Tyler, you want to go with this one? <laughs> <laughs> if I met a woman with a child, um, it kind of goes back to what you were saying with, uh, you know, pretty quick if it's something you're going to fully invest in when you're um, at least my age, if I met somebody, you know, and she had a kid, I, I mean, as long, <laughs> that's a question, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is, this, is, this is the show, man, because it's, we try and be as honest as possible, but also it's like, so like, I'll say it, like, I would, I would probably prefer to meet somebody who didn't have a kid, just in honesty, that there's nothing wrong yeah. with them having a kid, but just like, I would prefer to meet somebody and, and start my family fresh and new with them. Um, totally. And people are going to, you know, say what they want to say, but it, um, it just is. I'd love to start a life and build a life together. Um, you don't, don't know what the history is of the other partner or if it's been good or bad, or there's nothing wrong with a woman having a child, but, um, just being honest to this show, I, I would prefer to meet somebody without a child, you know, just to start yeah. fresh new history. I don't know. 
I think, yeah, I think the pre the preference is there for sure. Cause you want that first kid to be yours. You want it to be that bond of, you know, you and her and then the child, whereas in a kid, man, you nailed it with the ex thing, you know, who knows what you're dealing with, with the other parent. Um, I travel a ton. I have to travel for work 24 seven. So my specific situation would be, I would need, um, a, a mobile partner and a kid, you know, with the ex in another place that can pose a lot of issues. So it kind of comes down to career and, but preferably without, but yeah, not a game, not a, not a deal breaker. I have, um, one of my best buddies has four kids and met somebody with four kids. So now they have eight. And, uh, I was, yeah, I was like, I was like, you guys got to have one together just so you have nine, then you have a full ball team. <laughs> Yeah, you're good to go. That, <laughs> kids, man. <laughs> um, oh, man. I think once you have four, though, man, I think if you have four and you meet somebody with four, you're like, oh, yeah, this is what it is. Here we are. <laughs> right? No kidding. Tori, next one. Next one is from Jessica. How to respect your boyfriend's relationship with his mother. She is so overbearing. Ooh, interesting <laughs> question. Thank you for that one, Jessica. Interesting question because overbearing is a very general term. I'd like to know more in depth on what she meant by overbearing, like yeah. injects in their relationship or is still so motherly to the boyfriend. Like what kind of overbearing is it? But like looking at it from the opposite, you know, you also have to carve out your boundaries, mm -hmm. you know, for Jessica, yeah. like if, if I was looking at a father-in-law, if the father, because like if I was dating a girl, the father-in-law, it was overbearing, I would think I'd have to have a discussion and carve out some boundaries with both of them, one with, with the woman and one with the dad. So maybe Jessica yeah. has to have a conversation with the boyfriend and be like, what's going on here? This is just what I see. Or maybe, um, maybe a conversation with the mom too. I don't know. Yeah, I think you for sure have to, you have to immediately signal that you of the respect issue there you you know you have to compliment sandwich it you gotta hit her immediately with like i understand this is your little boy this is who you raised and i understand that you raised him a certain way and that you've been in control of his life his entire life and you know you are his mom there's nothing that will ever change that or replace that um and then figure out the nicest way to possibly say it's my turn and then end it with we love your input at the right time <laughs> Buddy, you are so good. <laughs> I have a wonderful mother-in-law, so I, I don't deal with that. But I have in the past to an ungodly extent. <laughs> That's why you're so good at this. How, but how did, you do the, how did you do the middle of the sandwich where you were like, hey, Barb, pump your brakes, you know? Like, Barb. Do that? I was, no, I was terrified of her. I never had to talk. <laughs> I just let the relationship end. I was, no, she was the scary as hell. Uh, what was the follow-up story? Sorry. Um, do guys value the dad's input more or mom's as a son? I don't think you value one more than the other. Yeah, I don't think you value one more than the other. What do you mean? Like, oh, from our parents? Yeah, as a, as a son. Yeah. Whose opinions do you value more? Is it the mom's or is it dad's? Speaking just from... My perspective, I don't value one more than the other. Um, they're very different, but they, they're very, they're both very um, influential and necessary and loving and kind. 
um, in their own ways. Um, I've always said this about my hockey career. My dad was very constructively, gave constructive criticism, always helping me to be better, wanting me to improve and be better. And my mom was always just like, you played your heart out. I'm so proud of you. Like I could never play a bad game with my mom. So yeah. both, are, both are very, they're very different, but they're very important. And the same is kind of in life. Like they show up different ways in life, but I don't put more stock or value. I respect my parents equally, just how my life has turned out, but it might be different for somebody else. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, um, definitely. And I think of, in the perspective of if it's, um, the mom that's overbearing or the dad. And if you had to look at it that way on that other side, I feel like an overbearing dad is a protective dad uh, more than controlling. And uh, I feel like every dad I've ever, you know, other, every girlfriend's dad that I've experienced in their protective state, they also were a guy our age dating a girl at one point, you know, and a lot of the, the way they might be treating their daughter's boyfriend might be based off the way they treated girls when they were growing up or things they experienced with friends. And, um, you just have, yeah, you have to, you've got to earn trust with, with parents, you know, and, um, their little girl might be, have been hurt. They might've been hurt. And, um, every action is always, there's always weight behind an action, you know, and if somebody is extremely overbearing, there's something deeper, usually involved there. There's a fear there and you got to crack the fear and earn the trust um, and then compliment sandwich oh. sandwiches all day, every day, <laughs> all, all day. Man. Okay. The next question <laughs> is from T Siddick 22. What do guys think about infertility slash health issues while dating? Okay. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say health issues. Um, just cause I have various personal experience with that with, with an ex of mine. Um, she had, a really bad health issue for a few years uh, that we dealt with together. Um, I did not know about it until about a year in or so, and I won't get deep into details, but um, at that point we were super in love and happy and everything. And so it was like, it was an easy battle for me to fight with her. Um, it, it is definitely infertility and health issues are two completely different. You know, that, that can be two completely different topics, but um I mean, it all comes down to the bond, right? I would never drop something like that on somebody right away. But as soon as you do feel like it might be turning to serious, because some people, you know, prefer to adopt, you know, I mean, it's not going to be necessarily a deal breaker for somebody. You never know that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 having, having experience with that as well, it's, it's not an issue for me because you choose the person. Ultimately, if you are in a relationship, you are choosing the person. So you don't just choose parts of them. You choose them as a whole and they choose you as a whole. And so if it is an issue for you, you know, get out of the relationship. It's not, that's, that's, you're actually not choosing the person you're choosing the circumstance, you know? So um, for me in my past, in my history, um, neither of those have scared me. Um, because I chose the person. So I would encourage guys to, to look at that and, and women to look at that. Like I choose this person. Yeah. And I, I have many friends who have, I have a friend that just got married, um, recently whose partner has some health issues and 
they aren't concerned about it. They're like, yeah, we know this. We are transparent about this. This is our life. I love this person. Um, life yeah. will continue with this person. And that's just part of our journey. You know, you accept yeah. that versus trying to change it. So if you choose the person, you accept that and you move forward with life. I, I find no issue with it. Yeah. I feel like if you're look, when you're looking at a dating pool, very figuratively speech, like speaking, if you're staring at a dating pool, you're not necessarily looking around. I, I never looked around like, cool, who can I make a baby with? Who's completely healthy to have a life with? You look for somebody you connect with, right? You look for somebody that, you know, you're physically, you're attracted to and you love the personality and you love this about them. And you go through this cycle of dating and dating until you find the person that connects the most with you and, you know, your soul, like your partner. And then everything else that comes on top of that, you know, I'm not married to Sabina for the baby we might have one day. I'm married to Sabina because it's Sabina. Yeah. And yeah. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great lasting point. Wow. Next one, Tori. From Anna or Anna, not too sure. What's the longest acceptable time to not have sex with a spouse or partner and it be okay? Ooh. <laughs> well, depends. One, put a caption on it. Put a caveat on it. Depends if you are traveling, you know, like your, your career, you said you, you and Sabina live in different places back and forth. Like, especially when you would be touring or something, when I was playing hockey, um, I was traveling a lot. So let's just take that out of it. But if you are living in the same house, it's gotta be tough if you go over a month. Yeah, for sure. I mean, life gets crazy, right? I mean, we, Sabina and I, we have these two dogs one dog I've had for 15 years and then one dog that we just adopted. He's 15, found him for eight, 10 weeks. He's like a rehab project trying to get him back up to a healthy anyways. And he's a lot of work and they're a lot of work. And we just <laughs> candidly, we just had to talk like two nights ago. We we're talking about when is the last time we had sex? And we realized we're like, is this what it's like to have toddlers? <laughs> I was like, we have these kids that we're taking care of these senior citizen dogs. And I think as long as, yeah, as long as it's not something where you guys are, one person is upset about it, you know, as long as it's not, if it's something where you're so busy that you don't realize it, I think it's okay. But as soon as one person's like, why does this person not want to, then it becomes an issue. Yeah. I, um, I, also, think, I also think you can prioritize it. Like, cause I, I, everybody talks about a work life balance or whatever, but there, it's kind of just an integration of a back and forth. Like sometimes you might swing more into work or like you said, it might be a busy time. You're really writing a lot. You got a couple or one new dog that you're really trying to rehabilitate. Maybe some of your priority and your resources go there, but then it can also swing back to like, okay, I now really want to connect with my wife, you know, and I want to mm -hmm. focus on that and make at home date nights or your Sunday brunch thing and turn that into a romance or something like that. So I think, I think sexuality is something that gets pushed down on the priority list on the totem pole for people. They're like work, kids, job, whatever, got to clean the house, get the groceries. What are they? It's something that people, at least in my experience, I have like pushed down versus holding it up at the top, almost like living, eating, breathing. Um, so I think at some point you just have to realize, okay, our connection has dissipated a little bit. Let's intentionally move back into this space. And even if we aren't feeling it, let's create, even if it's not just naturally a pull, like, oh my God, we're all over each other. Let's create an atmosphere, an environment or something where we are making time to be intentional about this. And that can spark the natural pull too. Yeah, absolutely. I would and say, yeah, now, you're saying a month, I, I'm saying two weeks, but I'm all, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say two weeks. A month yeah. would be like, 
a month in the same house, the same, you know, constant, a constant next to each other for a month without sex might seem like a long time to me. But I've also, Sabina and I, the longest we've ever been together in the same house is usually three weeks around Christmas. Yeah. Um, we're usually like on a, on a five day rotation, you know, like give or take. Yeah. Um, whereas now we've been in the house for five months together uh, for the first time ever. And, but yeah, I'm going to go two weeks. Brooks is going a month. I agree with your two weeks. I think it's like alarms are sounding at a month. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I agree with your two weeks, two weeks. is like, yeah, we should probably do something. Like I'd like to do something a month. It's like, Oh, what's going on here? State of the union. (laughs) Okay. Next story. Next one is Meg Montana. How do men really feel about therapy? I'll, I'll I'll talk about this one because I said this on the show. I've recently, recently, like six, eight months ago, I went to therapy and call it what you want. Therapy, counseling, um, you know, life counseling, whatever, life coach, whatever you want, put any title you want on it. The stigma of therapy, I think, shocks people. But after I saw this, I saw a woman, I saw a guy and I saw a woman um, to walk through trying to release hockey and some of the resentment bitterness anger and and move through the the retirement process of hockey um it was a wonderful tool it was amazing and every time i left i was like god that was just an amazing conversation i was able to express myself to somebody with an unbiased perspective they asked me really unique questions they had tools to try and pull more expression or emotion out of me that that maybe I had suppressed or wasn't even aware that I was feeling. And so they were just equipped to have a very high level conversation with what I was going through. So I actually really enjoyed my, my experience there and would be an advocate for it for anybody. Prior to that, I was like, I don't need therapy. I don't need this. I can deal with it. I deal with my own stuff. But after having gone to it, big advocate for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there is such a stigma about therapy. Um, I don't have the stigma about therapy personally. Um, I have never done an official like sit down therapy session, um, but I'm completely not opposed to it. It just hasn't happened. Um, I, yeah, I think therapy is incredible. Yeah. Couples therapy, individual therapy, career therapy, whatever. People need to talk. Mental health is important. Very important. And it's like, um, you know, if you want to improve your diet, you go to a dietitian or nutritionist. You know, if you want to get in better Mm -hmm. shape, you go to a, physical train like a fitness trainer you know we don't do that for our emotions or our thoughts very much and that's just what a therapist or counselor or somebody is there's somebody to help you move through what's going on in your heart and your mind and i think um i think the stigma of therapy mean people feel like they're broken or the you know you're not broken we all have doubts or concerns or issues that we want to process this is just somebody to help you do that so big advocate for it but to follow up on that, why do you think men don't are as open to going to therapy in a generalized way? Because we think we're tough. Yeah, really? <laughs> absolutely. Like, well, we can handle it. I'll deal with it. Don't worry. I'll deal with it. Like, we think we're, we're tough. We, um, guys are, for the most part, very independent. Guys want to solve issues themselves. They're, for myself speaking, I'm very much an introvert. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's tougher for most men to express their actual truth and their feelings and be vulnerable and open up and cry and like let out their heart. It's tougher for men. Um, I don't know why, truthfully, I don't know why. 
it wasn't something that my my dad told me you need to be this way or he, this is how a man acts. I don't know. We just, it's just tougher for men. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's the, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, every man is macho, right? And it's, I don't really have many friends that open up about anything that's going on with them. You know, you gotta like, you gotta pry details out of, out of you know, a buddy that's upset usually. Um, and yeah, to go and talk to a stranger sounds terrifying. <laughs> but once you do it, everybody says it's incredible. Uh, it's um, like you just said, Tyler, like guys will get together. We'll talk about things. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the new guitar you got. We'll talk about the truck you're looking at getting or like what's going on. We'll talk about things, but we won't talk about like, how are you doing, brother? Like, how yeah. are you, how are you feeling with the uncertainty of losing the headlining tour and now having to perform from your couch? Like, how is your heart doing? You know, yeah. that's guys don't generally do. I think females are far more advanced at that than males you know, for sure. And it, it changes like an entire dynamic, you know, it's like anytime you're hanging out with the guys, it's always like a loud, rowdy, fun kind of experience. And then uh, as soon as somebody says something like that, like, Hey, how, how are you feeling? How's everything going on? You know, it's the whole mood, everything's, you know, changes right away. And I yeah. think that's a, a change a lot of guys aren't comfortable with. Yeah. Yet. Yes. Great point. Well, this feeds in perfectly with Stacy. She asks, how do I get my husband to open up more? He refuses to talk about his feelings. I really want to answer this question well. Tyler, you have anything on it? I really want to honor this question. Yeah, honor the question. Oh. If Sabina wants to get something out of it, like actually get me to open up and talk, she will it's hard because I, I'm kind of a closed book a lot of the times, uh, especially, and like, even with her, like I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to you know, be open with her about how I'm feeling about everything. Um, it's, uh, it just goes back to the tough thing, man. It goes back to the, I've got this, I can handle anything. Um, but when I do kind of break down and actually start talking to her about stuff, it's usually, um, I don't know. I mean, she forces it out of me. <laughs> she'll, she'll come and sit down and she'll be like, you're talking to me um, or I'm not getting up. And, but she can definitely tell like when a full mood changes. Like if I, if something's really bothering me, hmm. it's, I, that's a great question. It's hard. I, so as a, as a man, I wish I had way more emotional capacity and emotional intelligence earlier in my life. And I really didn't really find it until um, Tyler, we had two dogs and our dogs passed away. And once they passed, my heart just broke open. And it's the, they just gave me such a gift. I don't know, it's a lasting gift that they gave me there. And that after that, we had our, our pastor say a prayer for him. He said, I pray that this softens hearts not hardens hearts. And it completely did that. The passing of Lexi and Harley completely softened my heart where now I am completely open to sharing everything inside of it. And it actually yeah. makes me proud to fully truly wear my heart on my sleeve that what you see is what you get, that I don't have to put on a facade or don't choose to hide anything or have to be protective or manly or macho. Like, trust me, I can do that. I spent 15 mm -hmm. years 
on the ice with lions at the top level. I can do that. I don't need to prove that anymore. So for me, it's actually been amazing to like lower, drop the armor and actually share my heart. Um, and I felt so much more alive, so much more expressed, uh, so much less tension, so much less hate or anger or any anxiety, um, feel congruent, feel honest, and actually feel like you're honoring your partner, the person you're having that con- It doesn't even have to be your spouse. It could be just the person you're having that conversation with. You know? And I, I don't think anything has ever felt better than truly, fully feeling fully expressed through my heart. Um, so I hope maybe Stacy play that clip for, for your husband, but, uh, man, there's just so much greatness that comes. And I wish I, I didn't learn it until our, our girls passed away. And I wish I was a better man and could have personally learned what that felt like. And that's why I'm just so grateful for the gift that they gave me and what I learned through that experience. But, um, I would say that, a way to get a, a way to get a guy to open up a way to get your husband to open up is exactly what just happened. Have one of his friends, um, another guy talk to him about how they've opened up and how it has helped their lives. Because hearing you just say that makes me want to open up more. It makes me want to go to therapy. It makes me want to talk to Sabina more about stuff that's bothering me. Um, hearing how liberating it is to you and how it's uh, clearly just changed, you know, your mindset, your, mental health, your likely your physical health, because I believe it's all, you know, intertwined. Um, so if you can't get your husband uh, to open up about stuff, you know, uh, get one of your friends to inspire him to. Great answer. Wow. I hope that helps, Stacy. From Clara, how do I create that spark in a marriage again? I've lost my spontaneous sexiness and he's lost his romance. Hmm. Hmm. Great question. I'm curious how long they've been married. One, there's no, no insight to that. Is there is Tori? There is not. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think, I think the same with anything, the same with, if, if you want a result in something, you have to put resources into it. You have to, um, let's be like, as an artist, you're probably not always creative, like 24 seven years on end, are you always just creative? Oh, songs come easy. They just come out of me like all the time. No, it, it leaves you and it finds you again. And, and also like artists, I think are exceptional at like, I want to go here and write. I want to create an atmosphere and go to a place where I'm, Mm -hmm. I just feel creative and creativity will come through me then. Um, Yeah. I do that with my gym. You know, I'm, I'm an artist in a different way. I create an atmosphere within the gym. And so when I show up into my gym, I'm not always just on fire, ready to go, but like I create the space, I'll put on some music, I'll do some mobility, I put resources into it. And then that energy will come through me. So the same, I think with marriage, within physicality in a marriage that you can create an environment, whether it's lower the lights, put on some light music, maybe get some flowers, maybe a scent in the house, maybe a bath, whatever it is, speak the love language of your partner, whatever that is, and actually put resources into creating this environment. So be very intentful with it. Yeah. Um, And revisit, you know, like revisit old pictures, old videos. Um, Sometimes I'll go through my calendar and just look at random trips or like what were Sabina and I doing this day, you know, four years ago, what was going on and 
either your computer, or your phone, you've got, you know, you've got memories on there, go back and revisit it. And kind of like what you're saying, where you, I don't just write songs all day, you know, it's got a creativity comes from other creativity and stuff. And it's like, I've got to revisit if I'm feeling uninspired, if I just pick up my guitar and I just start playing it or I start playing one of my favorite songs or I'm like, I want to learn how to play this song on the radio. As soon as I start playing my own creative juices and ideas start coming um, slowly, but surely. And so if you sit on the outside and you look at yourself as a couple and you think, man, how do I get this spark back? What do I do? And you just sit there. It's never going to happen. You know, like it's, it's slowly, it's, it's little moves. It's little revisiting things. It's little dates again. And it's, it's not going to change overnight. You know, it's got to, you just kind of got to, inch your way back in i guess and then I, it's gonna explode it's gonna go crazy but i have like two thoughts too two other things that pop in my brain i think one um is appreciation i think sometimes appreciation is lost and i think that can dimmer romance and when you actually look at a person and and not for what they do for you not for what just like appreciating who that person is um, loving that person, loving the way they are in the world, loving what they give to the world, um, just like full on appreciation, I think can bring back that, that romantic look at somebody. And then the other thing that I think that just popped in my brain is just like a little bit of a uh, little bit of surprise and, and spontaneity of like, maybe you leave a little note here, you play a little sex game or something or you make a little sex bed on something or like just get playful again right like get yeah, playful yeah. again in whatever way that is for you for the couple like get playful in a way that actually brings some spontaneity some laughter and some like just joy and connection back to one another and then hopefully from that will stem more romance and more spontaneity and more connection yeah absolutely <laughs> Next is from Carol. Do you guys care if a wedding is postponed due to coronavirus, just like us girls care? I would say, yeah. I mean, we just got married September of last year. And um, I'm assuming this question means, does the groom care as much as the bride does that their, their wedding got postponed? Um, I would say 100%. It's, I mean, the wedding is supposed to be, you know, as exciting on both sides um, and a lot of planning, you know, a lot of hard work and very strategic planning and very seasonal planning. And, you know, it, a lot goes into a wedding. And I just, I've thought about it so many times that if we would have got married this year and had to postpone everything we put into that wedding, mm -hmm. it would be. Yeah. I have friends that had to postpone their wedding and my heart absolutely breaks for them because reflecting on my wedding and how that was just the greatest time of my life. I just want everybody to have that experience and that memory of your world, her world, both worlds gliding, the people you love the most in the world coming together to celebrate love. Um, I just want that for people. And it breaks my heart to hear weddings being postponed. And so my perspective would be, yeah, from the guy's standpoint, it is as disappointing or saddening if the wedding has to be postponed. Yeah. How, how much were you guys 100%. involved in your wedding? Did you guys have any 
groom duties. Like, I feel like we have to be honest, men are as passionate about what the food is, what, what song you walk down the aisle to. There's a lot of details women do that men aren't involved in. So if you're excited about it, what were you excited about for your wedding besides getting married? Well, the, the involvement level went like this. Like, to me, what, there's also like a recognition, like who's better at this? You know, mm-hmm. like who's better at picking flowers or picking design of something or color matching or palette or like, let's be honest, I spent my life in a freaking hockey rink, right? Like somebody's yeah. better at that. <laughs> somebody's better at that than I am. Um, but then where I was helpful, where I was like, okay, if you're stuck on a decision, full faith in you in what you're deciding. But if you're stuck on a decision, bring me two options and I will help us hammer out a decision. Yeah. Oh man. So, well, your wedding was one of my wife's favorite things she's ever seen. And so she bookmarked and pictured all these things and she's like, I want this, you know, and then, but choices and planning stresses to be out to the, like the full extent of stress. And so she told me everything she wanted and we got, you know, an an incredible wedding planner. uh, And I have been, performing obviously my whole life but I've been putting on events my whole life you know so planning and structuring and stuff has been part of my my whole existence and so um, I actually found a lot of fun in the fact that I pretty much planned our entire wedding nice Um, (laughs) it was super stressful but I also you know it's just like I'm looking around because I'm afraid she's (laughs) listening if she looks at all of these choices she would stare at them for hours hours and hours and hours maybe days Whereas then I can make an executive decision pretty quick. And if she didn't like it, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't at the meeting, <laughs> so, but the wedding was perfect. It, it was everything we could have ever imagined. And uh, yeah, my heart goes out to everybody that has had to postpone. It's yeah. extremely sad. Yeah. This is the last question going out to all the men who are looking for their future bride some days from heartbeat kin two and one advice on how to get out of the friend zone. Oh, so this oh. Is- this is a guy, is this question from a guy? I think it goes either way. It could go for anybody stuck in the friend zone. Oh, man. Oh, tale as old as time. Um, <laughs> Why honestly, do we like, cringe when we get asked that, Tyler? <laughs> uh, just the, the, the coldest, hardest, bitter truth is if you're in the friend zone, you're supposed to be. Personally, my experience, it's and it's like, and that doesn't mean friends can't eventually, you know, fall in love or that one person isn't, you know, but I would say in most cases, if that person that you like is asking you for advice about other people because they're, you know, dating other people and you don't get that vibe at all that like maybe they're shy to talk to you about it, about you guys, then that means there's probably just not that same spark there Fortunately, I could be wrong. I'm just thinking of what, what's his name in the movie, The Ugly Truth, where he, did you ever see The Ugly Truth? It's kind of like perfect oh. for this, how men think. Oh, um, you know, I'll have to watch It's it. with Gerard Butler, correct? The, uh, Gerard Butler. Oh my God, Gerard Butler. It's so funny. And he literally just like, he does this and he, he says something along those lines of, you know, he's just not that into you. Um, but let's say that there is something that could be there, but you're in the friend zone. Do you risk it all to try not to be? Um, have you, Brooks, here's a question for you. Have you ever been in that situation where somebody wanted to be more than friends with you 
and you blew them off or vice versa? Oh, what a great question. Oh, man, I got to go back into the archives. Because <laughs> if, if we take personal accountability for this, we might be able to give a better response. Um, I, so I, I do agree with you. I think you're right. If you are in the friend zone, it means you're probably where you're supposed to be. But if it's a new friend, if it's an old friend you grew up with, that could change. But I feel like if it's somebody new in your life, right? I actually think that kind way. Of, I think if it's an old friend, you're probably there because you're supposed to be there. If it's a new one, you might have a chance to like switch it up. But I don't know. But I will say, yeah. I do agree with you. I do agree with you that if you're in the friend zone, it's probably where you're supposed to be. But as there's an exception to all rules, as they say or whatever, I know two people. I know somebody who was in the friend zone for 12 years, knew this girl for 12 years, was in the friend zone, saw countless boyfriends, whatever, and ended up um, proposing to her. They ended up dating. Wow. They ended up dating, ended up getting engaged. They're not married Corona and stuff, but they are now engaged. And he was in the friend zone for a decade plus. Oh. So I, how do you get out? He, he, this is what I would say to people. If yeah, that's the question. How do you get out? He shot his shot. Mm-hmm. He shot, he shot his shot multiple times. Actually he tried once like five years ago and it didn't work. And then he tried again. She was single again a couple of years ago or something. And he's like, listen, I'm not just your friend. Like I see you as more than that in my life. Like, why do you think I'm around you? Why do you think I'm invested in you? Like, I, yeah, I love you. I don't know if he said that on the first on that conversation, but like that was the intent. Yeah. I see you as more than a friend. Um, and so he shot a shot, man. I think, Listen, if you never shoot your shot, it's never going to change. And at least you just got to shoot. And yeah, at least if you shoot your shot, you know, and you'd be like, and you can be adults about it. You're like, hey, I tried. I had to try. I had to try. Otherwise, I'd maybe live with regret the rest of my life. The fact that I yeah. tried shouldn't make, shouldn't end our friendship, you know? Yeah. So you're not. And even- that kind of thing, if that did work too, like that kind of a long friendship, and then you guys start dating, that's a. Uh, that's one of those probably moving quick situations, I would guess. Yeah. Because you've got all that history, right? Uh, Tori, what about you? What about me? Uh, how would you answer that? If you, are, if you are a woman and you are in the friend zone, mm. and, but you like this guy. If you, if you are a woman. If, if I am. <laughs> Being a woman, you are in- Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Very PC of you. Um... <laughs> Oh, I, I'm guilty of friend zoning a lot. Friend zoning yourself or friend zoning guys? Probably both ways. Okay. Um, but if I were a girl in a situation where I wanted to kind of like put myself back out there, I would just start asking for a lot of one-on-one time with that person. Ooh, great, great. Besides doing like group situations, just being like, hey, like the game's on. Want to like bring a beer over and watch or kind of whatever, just to like ease my way in there. And then if you guys are like on the couch and Maybe he sits closer to you. Like there's ways to inch that, but you have to get your alone time in. Mm. There's strategy and, and you yes. gotta be, you gotta be extremely strategic. And if they like that thing comes through, that text comes through a friend of mine and says, Hey, you want to come over, grab a beer and watch this game. I'm immediately going to think maybe this is, maybe this is a, is this like a, a subtle date kind of a, a solo hang? And then you can easily say, Oh, got something going on and be busy and never even have to cross that road of of having an awkward friendship moving forward because none of us are dumb we've been through this so many times 
Thumb is used lightly. <laughs> Men are kind of oblivious. Let's just point that out there. I could be like, hey, leaning in for a kiss, and they're like, all right, see you later. Like, yeah, I, like she's not into me. And it's like, I gave you all the signs. Victoria, right? Are you trying to smell my face? <laughs> <laughs> I would probably Wait, agree with that. I think I would, I think I'd be like terribly oblivious. Yeah. Like truthfully, like I think I'd be terribly oblivious. Oh, I didn't, maybe now I'm better as I've gotten older, but like, oh, when I was younger, for sure. Like in my twenties, I probably didn't even have a clue what was going on. Yeah. Twenties is, that's like a whole nother lifetime though. Right. All these answers, all these answers for me are coming from a 34 year old <laughs> male perspective. <laughs> Somebody yeah, that's 30 is so different than in the 20s. What, what was our conversation the other day, Tori, where we were talking about, like, for a man, if he's 34, you have to, for a man, you have oh, to. Oh, yeah. No, so for when you date a man, maturity-wise, you subtract four years. So I'm 25. If I date someone who's 25, I subtract four years, so I'm really dating a 21-year-old. Yeah. Got it. Got it. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yeah. I Tons agree. of research. Actually. <laughs> And they say girls are more mature, like you have to add mm -hmm. the four, correct? It's yeah. the same way backwards. Well, we're just perfect, so we're, yeah. we just come perfectly. There you go. Package. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just run around it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, I don't know, just shoot your shot. For anybody stuck in the friend zone, you have to. You just have to. At least Ask for one-on-one time. Ask for one-on-one time. Yeah. I love that approach. Yeah. I really love that approach. Um, and you know what? Throwing it back again, one of the other questions and something we we're talking about. Uh, ask them real, real questions. You know, not surface. Get them to open up a little bit to you. Um, hey, how are you doing? Like, how is this affecting your career right now? Um, and uh, the more somebody, the more I've opened up to people in the past, the more emotionally connected I've felt to them. And I think that's a pretty standard feeling. Yeah. Um, so that's our that's our couple tips of how to lure them in out of the friend zone, I guess. <laughs> Oh, the vaunted friend zone. Maybe we should do a whole episode, Tori, on the friend zone. Um, I love it. Everyone can relate. Everyone's been there. Right? Um, yeah. I, I appreciate you, brother. Dude, you're great at this. You should, like, no wonder you can tell oh. that you've been on camera and you've been, like, you're fantastic. Like, some people come on. Oh, and thanks, man. You have to, like, get them to say something. Like, you actually enjoy conversing and, like, being in front of an audience. And so you're, you're great at thanks, this. Thanks, man. Yeah. I will was sick of the whole time i was like i need better answers tyler think better think more of what they want to hear so all the time i'm like they're relying on us right now think it's kind of the fun like it's kind of that's why i love doing the shows where our listeners send in questions and we get to answer them because it just comes out organically like and i try and honor the question like how can we serve this person how can we help this person see what like be inside a man's mind like this is how we see things um so yeah. but it's also it keeps your knife sharp you know, when you do it live versus like, oh, that's why like I don't get the, they send me the questions before, but I don't like reading them because I'm like, I just want yeah. to answer with like what's truthful and honest to me versus curating some sort of answer. So, um, totally. fun. I appreciate your willingness to answer them, brother. Um, I think it's fun, man. I've, I've never done anything quite like that. So it's yeah. an open um, book. It's fun. So once again, where can people, let's touch on this. Where can people find you so they can tune into your, your live at home Instagram? Uh, yeah, every, everything is just always uh, under my name. So my Instagram is just Tyler. Last name is Rich, uh, spelled like Rich. Um, and uh, everything, Tyler Rich just across the board. Everywhere you can get music, all that good stuff. Beautiful. 
and then you go Thursday, Friday, do you put it out in advance or do you kind of just pop on like, Hey, I'm live now. Or do you, will you say like, Hey, tomorrow at this time I'm going live. Um, I will usually drop the feels like home one, um, a day before or the morning of, um, and then Sundays, unless I'm out of town or doing something, you can always pretty much count on our Sunday brunch happening. Um, and that's always at one o'clock and it's fun, but if you're going to watch our Sunday brunch, have liquor because it's a, uh, or some type of drink. And if you don't drink, that's fine. You know, you can drink whatever you want, but if you do drink, feel free to partake with us because even though we can't see you, it becomes a hell of a lot more fun when like, for instance, Brooks, I'm going to, I'm going to drag you on. You're going to be my surprise guest one of these times now. I'm sorry. But so, so you, <laughs> the deal is basically we do this drinking trivia and I'll say, Hey, everybody at home that's watching, you're either team Brooks or your team Tybina. And if we have to take a shot, you have to take a shot. If you have to take a shot, they have to take a shot. Gotcha. Um, and it's funny, man. People get people get hammered and they start like trying to answer the trivia questions in the in the comments threads. And um, it's a lot of fun. We have a good time. Yeah. The other day, uh, I was at my lake house and I played a game with some friends. Um, I don't drink. It's not that I don't drink. I haven't drank in a couple of years, kind of thing. It's just a personal choice. But um, the friends I was with didn't drink. Um, I can have a drink or not. It's just whatever. I just prefer not to, yeah. but they don't drink. Um, but two of our friends really like energy drinks, you know, like monsters, rock stars, whatever rain, whatever, like energy drinks. And we played this card game where when you lost, you had to take a shot of an energy drink and I hate energy drinks. I never drink them. I don't need the energy, but they're also just like not good for you. And we played this game where you had to take this shot yeah. of this energy drink if you lost. And it was just a freaking nightmare. By the end of it, everybody's just like flyer was just wired. Wired. <laughs> wired. And it kind of just made it a fun, stupid, like <laughs> it kind of elevated a stupid little experience, but it was, it was actually really, really enjoyable. And I haven't yeah. had a, Cause I tried a Red Bull when I was like 24, when I was playing hockey, I'm like, oh, I'm tired and I might need a Red Bull. I tried one. My heart just about blew out my chest and I'm like, I, oh, can't, yeah. I can't drink that crap. Um, so I hadn't had one in like 13 years. And then we tried like wow. shots of an energy drink the other day. And I was just like, Oh my God, what's my life come to? <laughs> Dude, I bet you, your body was probably going crazy. And man, oh, we've had, just, you know, we've had guests on the show that, you know, we've had musical guests at the end that are, 19 years old you know and like or just you know some of my friends that don't drink and they come on and uh they'll do you know shots of iced tea or like thing. it's it's you know it's not necessarily the alcohol it's it's the engagement that's fun yeah you should make them do not something nice though they should do like a shot of vinegar or a shot of pickle yeah. juice or like a shot, something where it's like oh god like no oh, pickle like juice Pickle juice is the jam man our pickle juice like a, a pickle back is our favorite thing i could drink pickle juice out of the jar Oh, my buddy's like... If somebody... I was like, man, you got to drink pickle juice. The shot is punishment. I'd be like, as much as you want, man. I'll chug uh, it. Jeez. Um, and then can you tell us about what uh, Live at Home, the EP, is out on, what is it, July 31st is coming out? Yeah. So my whole idea with Live at Home was, um, I mean, obviously, we don't have any end, of, end in sight. We don't know when quarantine is going to be over. We don't know when I'm going to get to start touring again. And um, just kind of like an ode to all of the fans that have been tuning in every week to watch me play guitar on my couch. Uh, and a lot of people will go and they'll play the, the Ryman or they'll do a big show and they'll release a live full yeah. band live from the Ryman. And I was like, when all this is over, you know, say a year from now touring and stuff, there's going to be a bunch of fans who are like, man, remember when Tyler, we used to just watch Tyler hang out on the couch, play songs all the time. So I wanted to give them that as something to keep. So I recorded five songs at home 
I don't know what I'm doing. I have zero technological education as far as recording. I just set up a couple mics, played five songs acoustic with and sang. No production, no edit. It's just me and my guitar. Uh, ha- quote unquote live at home. And uh, it's, uh, that comes out next week, the 31st. Super it's cool. Super raw, super stripped. I love that because I think what I love about that and why I appreciate and respect that is I believe a musician should be able to sit there with their guitar and nothing else around them, no lights, cameras, dancers, fireworks, whatever, and play music, you know? Yeah. Like that's, otherwise you're just kind of a performer, but not like, like give me a guitar, let me sit here and I can entertain you without anything else around that is an artist that is true like honoring of the craft and then you can build the other stuff around you but like i just love that you're able to sit and do that so i can't wait till it comes out july 31st yeah we're excited it's gonna be good anytime you want me to come on uh the the brunch i am there and also like i i'm pretty busy but i'm sure i'll find in face space to be featured on your next album like we'll have to talk to gav i love it gav wanted me to be exclusive you know so um is what it is but we're all friends I'm it sure is. We out. <laughs> yeah uh you know gavin will just arm wrestle or something you know yeah. who, who could take as many shots of pickle juice you know we'll figure out a competition to earn your to earn, to earn your duet <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it. tyler rich my man i appreciate you wishing you and sabina the best also i love that you have uh two dogs i'm a husky owner myself so uh my heart oh, amazing there. yeah they're the best hey yeah. She's walking around back there right now. Yeah. Thanks awesome. for having me, man. This has been an absolute blast. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate your insight. Love to have you back on the show and love to meet you when this whole thing kind of blows over. I'll come to Nashville or something, hang out. Um, and everybody that sent in your questions, thank you so much. This show was for you guys. Thank you for sending in your questions. Continue to do so. Men at iHeartRadio.com is where you can email us. Till next week, take care of one another, love one another, and we'll see you back here for another episode of How Men Think. <laughs>